It is the parable of the persistent widow. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversity. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of the Lord for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dennis. We continue on in a series of sermons this summer on the parables, today turning to Luke chapter 18, the parable of the persistent widow and the unjust judge. Let us pray. Wise and loving God, may the words of my mind and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you today and always. Amen. Some days ago, my family visited the Florida Keys. And as we were on the middle of that seemingly non-ending stretch of US-1 connecting island to island, I remembered a story about a woman whose name is synonymous with perseverance, Diana Nyad. Diana Nyad, back in 2013, was the first person, she did it at the age of 64, to swim the 110-mile stretch from Havana to Key West without a shark cage. Nyad, too, was the first back in 1975 to swim around the entire 28-mile island of Manhattan, and in 1979 swam from the Bahamas to Juneau Beach, Florida. She has, over the years, had to fend off tides and sharks and an occasional jellyfish as well. Well, I remember reading an article about her some years ago in which they were interviewing her and a reporter asked about her 110-mile swim across uh, the channel. What was the hardest part of your journey? Was it at the very beginning when friends and family were at the dock with you and waving goodbye and you know you had 110 miles to go? Or was it at the very end of the journey when you could not even muster up enough strength to swim but just a little bit longer? What was the hardest part of the journey? The beginning or the end? She smiled a little bit and shared back with the reporter, neither. The hardest part of any swim, she said, is always in the middle. 
The story gets told of the youth retreat some years ago in which a few teenagers were debating whether or not it was harder to begin a journey or to complete and end a journey. One of the teenagers shared that at the beginning of a journey, it is so hard to have to put your first foot into whatever you're doing. And a young teenage woman started to argue back with him, no, the hardest part of it, the journey, is at the very end uh, when you do not have enough strength yet to make it. Well, in listening to this spiritual discussion, one of the chaperones on the trip uh, was listening to all of it, and she was a person who had been through a lot over the course of her life. She had had to endure a very difficult divorce, had lost a job that she had worked in for about eight years, and was currently in the middle of uh, battling breast cancer, and she said to both of them, oh no, you are wrong. The hardest part of any journey in life is always the middle. Would you agree? Would you agree that the middle part of a challenge is perhaps the hardest part of a challenge? I want you to consider this morning what you're in the middle of right now. We're all in the middle of something, in the middle of a health dilemma, in the middle of a worry, in the middle of raising a child or a grandchild, in the middle of a job project, in the middle of a season of grief. What are you in the middle of today? You came to worship in the middle part of one of those very hard journeys. I want you to hear the good news of the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. And it is this. God always meets God's people in the middle, hears their cries, and blesses them if they are willing to persevere. For part of what scholars are quick to point out about the parable of the widow and the unjust judge is that it is a parable not about a beginning or an ending, but it's a parable of a woman who's in the middle of something. And by the way, we Christians love our beginnings and endings. We love beginning stories. You know, Joshua touching his uh, first toe into the Jordan River as he crosses over to the promised land. Uh, Peter beginning that journey out on the Sea of Galilee, walking on water. We love endings, too, when we run through the finish line. I mean, considered how enamored we are with beginnings and endings, with just noting the Apostles' Creed, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, and the very next thing we say is he suffered under Pontius Pilate. We have this love for beginnings, and we have this love for endings as those who call ourselves people of God. But this parable is not about a beginning of a journey, nor is it about an ending. It is a parable about getting through the middle. Walk back into the story with me. Once upon a time, Jesus told a story about a widow who came before a judge. We know in those days, according to Jewish history, that if the widow came before just one judge, she was in civil court. For in those days, if you had a property dispute, you would go before three judges. If there was a moral dispute about you know, murder or adultery, you would go before the religious Jewish leaders, uh, the scribes. But if you went before only one judge, you were going into what we would know today as civil court. Well, this uh, woman goes before the judge who's a widow in civil court, and she has a dispute over an amount of money that someone has clearly owed to her. 
And so she goes before this judge, and we're told that the judge really has a knucklehead of a personality. Jesus says that the judge not only is a non-God-fearing man, meaning he doesn't have a relationship with God, but he also doesn't care about other people. Now, I don't know why this is, but when I imagine the judge on this bench in Luke chapter 18, I imagine one of those court television shows, you know, like Judge Judy. And she goes before this judge and she presents her requests. And the judge right away says, no, 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 I'm not going to hear you. Uh, After all, you're a widow. And in that culture, uh, widows were low on the totem pole in their social status. Uh, Once a husband passed away, often what a widow had to do was either return to her family of origin or go back and live in a subordinate status in her former husband's family and sometimes would even be sold as a slave. The judge knew this about the widow and didn't really want to respond with any kind of justice to her requests. Well, what happens next is actually a little bit on the humorous side. The widow just keeps persisting and coming before the judge and presenting her requests and crying out loud. And finally, the judge has just had enough and said, this widow is wearing me down. I give up. I'll just grant her the money that she wants. Jesus then turns to his disciples and said, just as the judge is willing to bring forth justice in response to the cries of this widow who's in the middle of this civil dispute, so too will God hear your prayers and bring about justice to you in whatever it is that you're in the middle of. Now, One of the key interpretive problems that folks often have in interpreting this scripture is to liken the widow to us. Yes, I think that's the right thing to do in the parable. But to liken the unjust judge to God. The problem with that is that God surely has a relationship with God and God does care about people. So the moral of the parable is not because God is a rigid God who doesn't care about us We must wear God down until God gives us what we want in prayer. No. What Jesus is saying here, rather, is this. If this unmerciful judge is willing to go so far as to grant justice to this widow, then how much more will a righteous God, a loving God in heaven, go to be sure our prayers are heard and to come through and deliver upon our requests. It really is a beautiful picture of faith here that we get. It's not a picture of faith that's pretty, but it's a picture of faith that's gritty. It's this woman who has come before a judge and has persisted and pressed on and pressed on, and she receives what it is that she has asked for. And so often, that is our lives of faith. I bumped into a parishioner this morning, and I asked him, how's it going? And he says back to me, well, I'm chipping away at it. That is precisely what the widow in this text is doing. She's chipping away at it. Some years ago, a Christian author by the name of Lauren Winner wrote a book entitled, Still Moving Through the Middle of Life. And she was talking about the difficulties of life's middles in that book. And she said that on some days she felt as though she had faith and it was sprinkled with a little bit of doubt. But on other days she had a whole lot of doubt that was sprinkled with a little bit of faith. 
And she said that in those days, in the middle of what she was dealing with, in the challenges of these middle parts of life, what she really needed to remember is that faith was often a daily grind. It was a chipping away at it. It was just having a little bit more faith than doubt and moving forward and persevering in a very, very powerful way. Such is our lives of faith. Christian author Fred Craddock described it another way. He said that when he thinks about the faith of the persistent widow in this text and how much God wants to respond to our persevering pleas for help, he considers um, a story that he heard some years ago, and it goes something like this. He said, oftentimes what we imagine God does is God gives us a $1,000 bill. And that we as Christians are called to take that $1,000 bill and to cash it in for the sake of the Lord. But he says, what happens in the middle parts of life is that life sends us back to the bank and we are given in exchange for that $1,000 bill all quarters. And every day of our life of faith, we put a quarter in. A little bit here, and a little bit there. And when we are willing to do that, this parable promises that God will hear those persistent prayers, will hear those cries, and will respond insofar as we persist, much like the widow in the text. Remember a wonderful story some uh, years ago about persistence, and I believe I may have shared it with you before was the story about a group of miners who got caught in a mining accident, one of those terrible coal mining accidents that sometimes will occur in West Virginia. Well, it just so happens that there was a group of miners who got caught underneath the surface of the earth, and they were living underneath the surface of the earth for almost seven days. And they each had headlamps and lights on their head, and all of the lamps began to extinguish one by one. And when they were finally rescued, there was only one headlamp that was working underneath uh, the surface of the earth. And it was shining about 15 feet ahead. Well, there was one of those miraculous rescues on television. And all the miners came up to the surface. And the television cameras were there. And their families were reunited. And one of the reporters was you know, trying to put words into one of the miners' mouths to, to, to kind of embellish the story, if you will, and said to the miner, look, when you were down there in the mine, did you get this amazing, pretty dream about what life was like on the other side? Did you see the sunshine and the prettiness of what was to come? And did that get you through? And he said, well, no, God really didn't give me that dream. But I tell you what I was thankful for, the 15 feet that God gave me. And in considering that story, I sense that that is the faith of the persistent widow. Not necessarily leaping in this amazing way to the end of the journey, but simply the willingness to persist another 15 feet. Will not God grant justice to those who cry out to God? We'll close with another story about persistence. It's the story of Amelia Earhart. Remember Amelia Earhart's story of first flying in the plane across the Atlantic Ocean? Uh, she flew in a, in a flight that has uh, been recorded as, as, as one that, that broke history. And she recalls that when she left from Halifax, she was 500 miles over the Atlantic Ocean. 
and the uh, engine of her plane began to sputter, and so did the propeller. And she said she got 500 miles over the Atlantic Ocean in the middle of this journey, and she shared after she had completed the journey and arrived safely on the other uh, side of the world that the hazards of going forward were just as dangerous as the hazards of turning back. And she said, you know, my flight wasn't very pretty. It was lopsided, the engine was sputtering, and I was just trying to get on another mile. That is the encouragement of this parable. If you came to worship this morning in the middle of something, keep on flying. Keep on praying. Keep on swimming. Keep on putting your quarter in. Keep on walking those 15 feet. For in the midst of that persistence and prayer and chipping away at it, God will meet you in the middle and will hear your requests. Jesus asked the disciples, Will not God deliver on the cries of God's people? Will not God deliver on the cries of God's people? He always does, and he always will.